This is Biz. I'm a stay-at-home mom with a preschooler. And I'm Teresa, a working mom with a toddler. This is a show about life after giving life. We all need a place to vent, so don't listen with your kids because there will be swears. This is One Bad Mother. Yeah! (laughs) Hi, Teresa. Hi, Biz. Welcome to our very first show. I can't believe it. Of One Bad Mother. It's happening. It's, it is exciting. <laughs> this episode of One Bad Mother, because it is our first, is going to be a little different than future episodes. This would normally be the part of the show where you and I would catch up on what's been going on, and then we would move into our, our topics of the week. Right. But today, we've decided that this segment should be about you, our listeners, getting to know something about us. And explain why we're doing this. So, um, well, so why don't we start with you, Biz? What What do you feel like people n- need to know about you? Uh, well, okay, I am a stay-at-home mom. We were living in New York. We moved across country to California, and things just worked out where I was able to do that for a little while. Uh, I have a three-year-old daughter, Katie Bell, and my husband is a freelance theme park designer. He works from home a lot, which makes it very interesting to be a stay-at-home mom while your husband sits there just in a room right in the middle of your stay-at-homing working on a computer not responding to any of the fires that are going on around you yeah you guys don't really have like an office right now either no we're like in a rental yeah so he's in the dining room he's just in the dining room at the dining room table so yeah kind of right in the heart of the house it's a little funny so it's a little weird (laughs) to try and (laughs) <laughs> but dry- he, he kind of needs to drown you guys out in order to actually get work done. Oh, yeah. So he just kind of can't there. blame him, but it's like he's kind of just this, like, blob <laughs> in the middle of... Yeah, he just sits there with his headphones on, and I'll be, like, knee-deep in cookie dough or Play-Doh or Screaming Kid or cats running by like crazy or whatever... And he's just sitting there, mm-hmm. not being helpful. Mm-hmm. I mean, being helpful he's doing by his job, right? Being he's helpful by job. having a job and allowing me to right. stay home. Right. So let's right. <laughs> not leaving and me for a twenty-year-old. So it's great. And what were you doing before you started staying at home? So before I was staying at home, I was a corporate event planner for a pretty big corporate company in New York. Uh, meaning, I traveled around and helped coordinate the CEOs and the top executives events. I was also doing stand-up and sketch comedy. So again, both things were pretty public roles, and we're going to talk about that in a little while more. But it was pretty important to me to get out of... I, mean, I love New York. New York was great when I was in my 20s and chain smoking. <laughs> and I really appreciate people who are raising kids in New York City. It has so much to offer. I am a Southern girl, and I just needed a yard. Mm-hmm. I needed more space, and I needed that space to be outside my door. Right. I didn't want to move to L.A. because I, I felt L.A. was just a, the same version of New York City, except with more lights. You know, <laughs> you could see more of the stuff <laughs> in the streets. But Pasadena was pretty cool. It seemed like a good place for us to start out, very community-oriented, a lot of parks. It feels like a kind of anywhere town USA, but you're only 20 minutes outside of L.A., which after living in New York City for 11 years— 20 minutes a car is so not a big deal. Yeah, totally. No problem getting in a car and driving 20 to 30 minutes Yeah, when I had to commute 45 every day yeah, uh, in good New spot. York. And I could sing out loud in my car, mm-hmm. which no one appreciated on the subway. <laughs> no. uh, so, yeah, so that's where we are. We have two cats. And mm-hmm. your daughter recently started preschool. Oh, yeah. I guess I should talk about my child. Yeah, my daughter, Katie Bell, we just started her in preschool this year. 
We do three days a week, 9 to 4.30. Um, we haven't been doing five days a week because I still want to spend a little time with her. She's three. I still think there are things that she and I can do together that would benefit both of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I have the luxury of doing it right now. And I, I recognize that it's a luxury and I appreciate it and I want to take advantage of it while I can. Otherwise, we have swim class. We go to the park, plays in the house. We do lots of creative things and... And that makes it sound really great, but a lot of times I'm also pulling my hair out and going crazy and crying quietly in a corner. It's a, a toss-up. And you don't have to answer this, but you guys are thinking of having another? Yeah, we are thinking of having another. We're like literally in the two-week wait uh, to see if our overtired, <laughs> overtired, where can we find the time? Oh my God, let's make this a real chore attempt to have a baby works out. Oh, by the way, I'm 39. That's mm-hmm. kind of important. I'm 39. Having the second's been a real wrestle, not because I don't think my body can do it at, you know, 39, 40, but I'm so fucking tired. <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? What about you, Teresa? What, what would you like the world to know about you? Uh, let's see. Well, I have a one and a half year old boy and I am married to Jesse Thorne, who runs MaximumFun.org and is the host of Bullseye with Jesse Thorne. And I, I guess I, I work for him. I work with him. It's, it's sort of a weird thing because I don't, <laughs> I don't, I technically I'm an employee of Maximum Fun. But because we're married to each other, it's basically like a partnership. We basically run the company together. And let's see what else. We have... You got two dogs. Two dogs. Where do you live? I'm assuming here with me in California. We li- yep. <laughs> yep. I'm here with you in California. We live in Los Angeles. We live in uh, Mount Washington. And our dogs are little scruffy terrier chihuahua mixes. <laughs> and we treat them like they are also our children. So you're a mother of three. I'm basically a mother of three. (laughs) And, um, you know, it's funny with the dogs because before, when I was pregnant, we were like sure that as soon as I gave birth, we weren't going to love the dogs anymore. (laughs) Like we were were really stressed out about it. We were just like, oh God, we're going to have this baby and we're not going to care about the dogs and they're going to be so sad and rejected. By the way, that totally did happen with the cats. Really? Anyway. Oh, I mean, we loved them, but it was right. just like the feet. It was like, has anybody fed the yeah, cats? Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> it did. It changed, but it was really funny because, like, three or four weeks after Simon was born, Jesse and I said to each other, "We still love the dogs." <laughs> <laughs> we were really happy. We were like really relieved. We still love them. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! You guys are trying to have a second. Well, as well. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't go so far as to say trying. <laughs> um, that's that's like a little a more committal than I want to get. I would say <laughs> so bad. I know, um, I know. A second. I I do hope that a second is in our future. It, it would be nice. Why don't I put it when there's six? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So we want to talk now about why the show, okay? Why One Bad Mother? But I think we need to preface this with some insight into what it felt like for both of us when we became moms, you know, like how those experiences led to this show. Becoming a mom, the best way I can describe it, it's like being dropped in the middle of the forest with nothing. And people have told you what a forest is, but this forest is not that forest. And so for the first year, two years, you're trying to figure out 
how to get out of this forest. And even now, at like three years, I am nowhere near finding an exit to the forest, but I can maybe make myself a shelter and find food <laughs> for my child mm-hmm. and I to eat. Mm-hmm. But again, nowhere close to the exit of the forest. Mm-hmm. Like I just feel completely lost all the time. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a lot of mom friends at the time. A lot mm-hmm. of a few people started having babies about six months after K-Bell was born. Mm-hmm. Um, so everybody's in hibernation. So I just didn't have a lot of mom friends. And I would see these mom, like people who were just becoming moms, they just seemed to really do better than me. Like mm-hmm. they never looked like they were crying. Mm-hmm. They always look rested. They were always enjoying the baby 24 hours a day. No mm-hmm. one ever uttered about I just felt like how could I be having such a hard time at this mm-hmm. and everybody else is doing it right. And God, that- I think like I really think I mean, I didn't have a lot of, sorry for jumping in, Yeah, I, I didn't have a lot of mom friends, but one friend of mine, I asked her for advice like a couple weeks before Simon was born. I said, yeah. I like sent her an email, just like any words of whatever. And <laughs> Final words. Yeah, final words. And she said something to me that like, just totally made a world of difference. She said, don't worry if the first two weeks or the first few months are actually really hard. I cried every day for the first two weeks. And she said, I know, and I know a lot of other moms who did. And I was really glad that she told me that because I actually, I did cry. I don't know if I cried every day of the first two weeks, but I, I cried many times during those first few weeks. I knew when I was crying, this is part of it. Like I knew that that was, yeah, that's part of the process. And while I do believe that your body just went through this major process, but also you need to make time for yourself to sleep, yeah. to eat, yeah. to take care of your family life and your career life. So as a result, everything else just starts to get trimmed away. You just cut this, you cut that, you yeah. cut this, you cut that. And then suddenly you have nothing to define you except this baby suddenly. Yeah. And for me, that was awful. Yeah. Because I had to find myself in so many other ways before this baby came. Mm-hmm. So that stress of that and then my husband, mm-hmm. and then being the mom, and then trying to maintain the friend relationships. Mm-hmm. We, we would go to these parties, and I would get so frustrated. We'd get home, and I'd say, I just feel like I have nothing to say to anybody anymore. It was really, I really allowed that to pull me in a million directions. Yeah. And it really led to mm, depression. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's really it's really painful to feel like you can't do anything well. Like, yeah. it's, that's just a really painful, like, to feel that you're not able to do all the things that you want to be able to do. It's, I don't know. Like, how did you how did you deal with that? Because you're still, I'm at three years, three mm-hmm. and a half years. Mm-hmm. And I've had mega ups, mega downs. You're like at 18 months. Well, I, I'll, I'll remind you please, what's going you on. Please, please remind, remind me how going. great 18 months is. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do think it's weird how quickly we forget the we different do. phases, like when you're talking to other moms who are at a different stage. So um, at 18 months, I'm starting to come back to the world, hmm. I guess I would say. Like, I, I totally get the forest thing that you're yeah. talking about. And I was definitely in a forest, too. But my forest was like a beautiful, <laughs> a beautiful <laughs> fantasy like, <laughs> like magic land or something 
Which, like, <laughs> if only my brain worked that way. Like, everything's like a problem I have to solve for some insane reason. And I could just, so, okay, continue. Continue. Well, it, it was. Continue I mean, making me jealous. Well, no, that's the thing. Like, it wasn't, I mean, it's not all good. I didn't want really anything to do with any of the rest of my life, hmm. you know? And so I was oh. so in love with my baby. And yeah, I was really tired. And there were, things going on that were sometimes difficult but like everything about my baby and being a mom was the most like heavenly thing that I had ever experienced you know everything from like work-related stuff to problems that I was having in my marriage I couldn't deal with any of that stuff and I didn't really I missed my friends and I missed my husband and I missed my parents but like I was so absorbed in like the mothering thing that all of that stuff was just exhausting to me and so I just was like well I can't deal with that so all all I can deal with is what's right in front of me and it's hungry so I'm gonna put a boob in its mouth you are the greatest mom I've ever known I love you How did you deal with it? I, because it was really traumatic to become a mom and to have this massive identity shift and to feel like out of control of so many areas of my life. And I was so also intent on not blaming my baby. Right. That like, I really just blamed everything else around Hmm. me. Like work wasn't working out. Like my husband wasn't doing a good job. Like my dogs were making me insane. You know, like my friends live too far away and my parents aren't here. And you know, all these things that I could very comfortably blame because I just like (laughs) didn't want to blame Simon, you know, but I mean, obviously none of that other stuff would be happening if I hadn't just had a baby. So, but again, it's not the baby's fault. Right. It's not the baby's fault, but I, I am also aware of a little bit of that dynamic going on where I'm just kind of like, I don't want to say anything bad about having a baby. It comes out in different ways. You blame everybody else or you begin to resent your baby. Right. Or like for me, I began to resent myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like it all seeps out in different ways. For me, like what ended up sort of happening was that I was working and I would work like while he was napping. And I, I mean, I would work at night when he would like sleep for a few hours and it was really difficult and I was really tired. And what ended up happening was I would just kind of have these weird little mini freakouts, like in between. <laughs> yeah. In between, like, shifting, like, if I was getting work done, I was, like, frantically trying to get work done, and then I'd hear him start to wake up, and I mean, I would, like, have these total flip-out moments where I didn't want to scream at him, like, I didn't want to scare him, but I, I needed to, like throw something so I would like this one day I was like throwing his socks Mm -hmm. his like baby socks against the wall which does absolutely nothing like they don't even (laughs) they don't even make it across the room to the wall but I was just I had so much pent-up stress about about just switching gears like right that was really really difficult and so I would find myself calling my mom or like my sister or friends just to talk about this and there was just no way to describe that 
like effectively like basically the feedback I kept getting was you have this amazing work-life <laughs> balance where you can be at home with Isn't your kid and you don't so have to lucky. give up your job oh you're so and so lucky. then I thought yeah. oh I'm not appreciating this I do have it really good and so I kept saying like oh I'm not I'm just not realizing how how good I have it <laughs> but that that was impossible to me and so you said something there that I think is one of those ah, where you're trying to explain to somebody this frustration that you're having, this mm-hmm. balance, this whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And they say, oh, you're so, I got that a lot too. Everybody's grass is always greener yeah. sort of scenario. And it never makes you feel better. It's like, I, I don't, I don't need you to tell me that I'm lucky to have this. For me personally, I know how lucky I am. Right. I have got a great kid. Yeah. I mean, oh, my God, she is so awesome. And I have a great husband. Oh, my God, he is so awesome. And I do have a lot of freedom that a lot of other people don't have. I don't need you to tell me that. I need you to say it's okay to be really pissed. Right. You know, like I need you to not make me feel bad right. about s- still feeling frustrated in that world that I have right but like to get back to the whole trying to sort it out I I realized for me I finally was able to say what I was having a problem with and it's just that it felt so uncool Mm -hmm. to be a mom for me I was cool man I was in New York I was doing comedy I'm so I was so cool (laughs) I mean you know listen to Jackson Brown and Barry Manilow I was totally hip yeah to be honest I was still going to bed at nine (laughs) o'clock hard to get me to go out anywhere but I, I felt that anything I was doing was really cool while suddenly you become this mom and everything about a dad is still cool you're super right. dad right yeah. like your number one dad I just felt like really uncool at how to say I'm a mom and it's one of the most heartbreaking things for me I remember having this moment we were just about like two weeks before we were going to move to California we got to go see Colbert Mm-hmm. So we were going to go see the Colbert show, and we're in there, and they're doing the audience warm-up, and they've got the comic in there warming up the crowd, and they come towards Stefan, and they say, what do you do? And he's talking about being a graphic designer, and it's this really wonderful conversation, and then I know it's coming. I know he's going to turn to me, and he's going to ask me, what do you do? And I had no answer. I could have easily said, I'm a comic. I could have easily said, you know, I'm an event planner. I could have easily said any of these things. But the thought of being at the Colbert show to this comic, which is, again, there's a whole weird thing going on as a comic myself, saying I'm a mom Mm -hmm. just felt awful. I'm I'm like really upset right now even remembering the story. I just I just I just thought, where is he going to go with this? There's no value in this. Is that what you ended up saying? No, I made some joke. I totally was like, well, I just, you know, I support my husband and make sure he feels great about himself or something dumb. Did you feel, like, guilty for not saying you were a mom? Or did it was you just, just this, like, like moment, you know, where the light comes down above yeah. you and you're like, that is so fucked up. Yeah. What is wrong with you? Because yeah. I love my time with Katie Bell. Yeah. And I want, at this time, I wasn't a stay-at-home mom. Like, I hadn't had that opportunity yet and it's all I wanted every day I just want to be at home I just want to be at home I just want to be a mom I want to be a mom full-time I'm gonna totally get us a garden and I'm gonna feed us on my organic garden in the back and I'm gonna cut our shopping budget in half and like I'm gonna repair the house and redo <laughs> furniture and my child's gonna speak two languages which she does but not because, not of, me. because of me not because of me uh, I'm gonna learn Swedish and learn the banjo and make quilts I'm like uh-huh. I'm gonna be super mom right uh-huh. like, I'm gonna be this amazing mom that, but man, that does not sound cool. And I'm like, why is that? Like, why? Like, so I'm like, oh, well, I want a cool t shirt. I want to go out and find this cool stuff. Every shirt was like, you got Supermom, 
or mom was associated with your kid or your family, soccer mom, football mom, you know, cheerleading mom, you know, mom to an angel, mom to a disaster, mom to this, mom to that. There was nothing that I thought was, or it got into like weird skeeving, slutty mom, mom, or like, (laughs) man, t-shirts for moms are the worst. And so I just, you know, my husband's a graphic designer Mm -hmm. and I was like, I don't understand why you haven't made me a shirt. All I want is a shirt that's cool. Like, I wanted to say something like One Bad Mother or something awesome that sounds cool, you know, and I want it soon. Yeah. A year and a half later. (laughs) (laughs) He's made shirts for, like, everybody else for every other birthday or party. A year and a half later, I get this shirt. And I I put it on. It was, like, sort of life-changing. Like, you go to the store, and people are like, hey, that's a really cool shirt. It is a really cool shirt. It is a really cool shirt. And I suddenly been like, thank you. I am officially One Bad Mother. Like, it felt cool to have my kid with me in the shirt. And it was so dumb a little bit. That you just needed this yeah. sort of outwardly social yeah. symbol yeah. that you are cool. Yeah, it just was like such a weird process for me. And and this kind of ties into the show because about a year ago when I got the shirt and I started to feel really cool, I felt like I was talking to moms and moms were starting to be honest back to me. Mm-hmm. Like I started posting some of my comments about how I was getting through the day and how I didn't feel I was getting through the day very well. Mm-hmm. I started posting some of those what I would call genius moments where I was rocking my job at home Mm -hmm. and no one was applauding. Mm -hmm. I started putting them out there and I started getting really positive feedback. Even more feedback was when I would post some of my fails for the day, like things that did, like where I I didn't quite get it right. And I started thinking, I really wish there was like a podcast for this. I really wish there was a show where we could all hear that we were all doing a good or bad or whatever job just this place where we didn't feel so judged and we could just laugh at what was going on. And I want it to feel cool. Most of the options, if you type in mom or mothering or whatever into your iTunes, it comes back with some stuff that like it's just not interesting to me. Right. And my thought was, I bet there's a lot of other moms out there who do feel like me. Yep. And who also don't feel like those shows are for them and appreciate that you can make fun of each other and laugh at this stuff. And it's not a reflection on how you feel about your husband or how you feel about your baby or how you feel about your family or how you feel about your friends. That it's okay to talk about this stuff. So you and I went on a mom date. And because I only, we didn't really know each other very well. No. You know, our husbands are actually friends. I kind of decided to stalk you. Well, and, stuff, then, and my husband kept saying, you should be friends with Teresa. Yeah. You should be friends with yeah. Teresa. And I'm like, I'm not good at making new friends. <laughs> <laughs> but I had had a really good pep talk from my best friend because I was really having a hard time. And she said, she like was so spot on. She said, you do best when you're surrounded by people mm-hmm. that you like and inspire you. And you do best when you got some exercise happening. Mm-hmm. You're out of the house. And you do best when you have got a project. Yeah. And it's time for you to have this project. Yeah. Oh, go make a new mom friend. Ah! So you and I went out, and then we started walking. Yeah. So we were getting exercise and becoming mom friends at the set. We're becoming friends at the same time. Yep. And I told you about the idea, mm-hmm. and you liked it. Yeah, I thought it was a great idea. Then I said we should do it, and, and then I, I said, said, "Yeah, let's well, do it." <laughs> actually, I said, "I want you to be my co-host. Would you be my co-host? Is it weird? Like, you know, is like I, I really like our dynamic. I think it'd be fun." And you said, yeah. "I have to think about it." Yeah. <laughs> I did. I was like, shit. <laughs> I got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues.
So thank you very much for tuning in for our first podcast. Yeah, thanks for listening, and we look forward to next week. Bye. Bye. We'd like to thank Max Bunn, Lindsay Pavlis, our engineer, our husbands, Stefan Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org slash One Bad Mother. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, visit MaximumFun.org and click on Donate. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.